0209. You're listening to the 123 show with me, Sadia. And the one and only Noreen joins me now for Chinwag. Good afternoon to you, Noreen. Hello, Sadia. How are you doing? Oh, very well, thank you. Nice to hear your voice on air. How are you? Yes, I'm very well. Much better now. Um, I, 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 haven't, I haven't had the chance to update the listeners, but of course, people know that I'm pregnant. And recently, I had COVID, oh, um, survived it, um, and uh, my symptoms were very mild. So let me just use this chance to sort of say, get vaccinated and get your booster if, if and when you can, because I really think it shielded any sort of serious symptoms that that I could have had. I mean, I I just had a sore throat and a cough. Um, Mm. I I didn't have a fever or anything. I I was tired, but I put that down to my pregnancy rather than COVID. Absolutely. And the rest of the family okay? There was no, uh, no one else got it or? You know what? We were so good. I double masked. I self-isolated. Um, and everybody's fine. Great. So my, my little, uh, my, my four-year-old uh, did have to isolate with me as well because she was um, feverish on that first day. But mm-hmm. then she was fine too. Yeah, so everybody's good. Good. And now waiting for the big D-Day. Yes, and not long left. How long do you have now? <laughs> About three weeks. Wow. Ah! Well, uh, fingers crossed. Let's hope everything goes smoothly. Maybe, you know, within the next three weeks, things will settle a wee bit. Exactly. um, I hope so. I hope so. Conditions are a bit unpredictable at the moment anyway, but... Yeah, stay safe and healthy. And I think just being vigilant, I think that's really it. Um, And just self-isolating. I mean, the policies are are changing all the time. So just keeping a close eye. I mean, when I was self-isolating, it was 14 days. Mm -hmm. Um, But now uh, they've changed it so that it's... uh, If you get a negative rat test... Mm-hmm. Um, on day six and seven, you're, you're good to go back out. So oh, the policies are changing, which actually brings us to our great Chinwag topic. Yes. I, I got to thank you because I was partly inspired by our conversation and definitely what's been happening around Hong Kong. And um, this whole week has been panic buying. Absolutely. My goodness. I can't believe it. It's, shops are empty. It's, <laughs> you know, absolutely. you go. That's what creates yeah. the panic, I think, you know. I was going to say, I, I think I'll be very careful with the sort of language I, I use today and hopefully ease people's um, um, mentality. So today I'll sort of split our chat to two main parts, the psychology mm-hmm. and also the effects of panic buying. And if we have time, I'll quickly mention a few ways to avoid it. Actually, I hope we have time because I think avoiding it, prevention is better than mm-hmm. cure. Mm-hmm. Um, i got to say, I'm not a psychology expert. I, I'm just It's just an area that I'm very interested in. Mm-hmm. I like food and I like... I like shopping, um, but I've also interviewed experts uh, in this area in the past. So just want to share some of the things that I've learned uh, along the way. And of course, your listeners are, are welcome to weigh in and perhaps share their own panic, mm-hmm. panic mm-hmm. or sure. panic buying experiences. So, um, so let's talk about the psychology of, of panic buying. Um, panic buying happens when people think there's a crisis, the sort of impending doom or something big or bad is going to happen. Um, and, and it happens all the time in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is really no stranger to panic buying. We normally see that ahead of a typhoon. 
Um, we see empty shelves before a, a big typhoon when it's Typhoon 8. In this case, I think we saw at the beginning of the first wave of COVID back in February yes. 2020. Yes. Um, and we're definitely seeing it back in a big way in this fifth wave. Um, it really comes down to, I think you mentioned earlier, the fear of missing out or, or FOMO, as people like to say. Um, but panic buying, I should also stress, also occurs when there's a, a lack of trust, whether it's in the supply of, of, of the items or, or sometimes in the authorities. Um, in my, from my observation and just following what's been said in the government, I don't think there's a genuine food shortage in Hong Kong. And we've heard reassurances, assurances earlier uh, this week from Carrie Lam, our chief executive, from various suppliers. And even this morning, listening to RTHK, uh, Frank Chan, the transport security uh, uh, secretary, um, they've all reiterated there's no genuine food shortage. Mm -hmm. But then that's that's a sort of you've got to balance that with the perception of the public. So the impression I think the public is getting is that strange mismatch of what's being told by them, by the authorities, versus their own perception. And, you know, one could say it's mistrust. One could say it's a lack of transparency and communication. Um, because, again, earlier this week, we heard Sophia Chan, our health minister, sort of saying, they haven't ruled out a lockdown. And then a day later, Carrie Lamb comes in and says, um, there's no plans for one. So I think, you know, when the public hears mixed messages and mixed communication, they don't know what to make of it. So that's a sort of psychology behind it. Let's talk about the panic by itself. Sally, I know this is also an area of your interest. You've also witnessed um, <laughs> scenes of it. Uh, what have you seen? Well, I think, you know, I somebody just mentioned and I thought, and I was going to go to the shops anyway, just to get a couple of things like eggs and stuff like that. But I think it's, you know, you go there and if you do actually see empty baskets, complete empty like vegetable racks, and things like that, then I think you automatically think, my goodness, there's not enough here. But I mean, I saw one particular incident was I saw two ladies and there was like one bag of this, uh, you know, leafy cabbage. And they were both going for that. And then one of them picked it up and the other one said, no, she got it first. And it was, I was just amazed that, you know, <laughs> we have a supermarket with still lots and lots of other things in it. I mean, okay, vegetables. I think it's the vegetables that seem to, vegetables and some fruit tend to disappear. But but just that sort of slight kind of competitiveness that went on there that, no, 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 uh, you know, I need this more than you type thing. And and that's quite that's quite shocking, really. I mean, I think people just, and, and they probably actually, everyone has stuff in the house if you look at how much we store in the house and things that we have in our fridge chances are that even if sudden suddenly something happened and we were locked down for three four days um you know we'll have enough we should be okay um, absolutely you made a really good point earlier as well sadia is that image of empty shelves and that panic mm. is often amplified by empty shelf pictures yeah you know and and you've got that herd mentality you've got that fear of missing out like i may not need bread but when i see somebody with a basket full of you know bread <laughs> exactly. you think oh maybe i'll get a loaf and um, then before you know it like you know, and i just you know just then moving on to the effects of panic buying um essentially it will lead to some waste or a lot of waste Huge. um it, it, exactly and and not to mention there will be people who 
can't buy in bulk and they're the people who are marginalized they're the people who can't you know get access to to to, to food um and i think a lot of the policies also um like looking at the supermarkets this round a lot of them are cutting their opening hours that also creates mm. a, a sense of panic that also creates a sort of deadline you know you've got to get there before they close you've got to buy before they decide to shorten their hours again um but you mentioned just now leafy vegetables. Um, if you cast your mind, uh, if our listeners uh, just cast their minds back to the very first wave of the pandemic in Hong Kong, um, the sort of hot items that flew off the shelves were definitely masks. I, well, not just in Hong Kong. I think there was a global shortage. Yeah, that was in, initially. In that's getting right. Masks. Yeah. Yeah. And bleach and, and toilet sanitized. <laughs> and of course, I'm gonna, yep. I've seen toilet people carrying three. Icon. Three, but three jumbo packs. And oh I just think, God. do you seriously? That would probably last you about a year. <laughs> like, yeah. I know, but absolutely. Just, that uh, was classic, and I'm sure people have seen a few viral internet videos of people just fighting for for loo rolls. Um, but it's interesting. Fast forward to this fifth wave. Um, uh, let's talk specifically about Hong Kong. Masks and bleach um, aren't really in shortage. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I've yeah. seen, yeah, and toilet rolls are, well, actually toilet rolls are, are missing now again, but it wasn't to begin with. But the emphasis is really on food items this time mm. around, mainly mm. fresh veggies mm. um, and meat, rice, um, and bread. Do you remember the first wave? Yeah. It was flour. Exactly. I remember talking to you about that. That's right. The thing is, what's interesting is that people are going for things that they would not normally buy. Like Mm. even when you walk around the supermarket, you go to bits where like there's lots of spaghetti or there's pasta and there's there's things that you maybe wouldn't buy that normally, but you tend to sort of you think, oh, you know, the shelves are empty here. I'll get a packet of pasta. I'll get this and I'll get that. But sometimes it is actually things that you're buying that you're not going to use. The chances are that they will stay in your cupboard or they will rot. And and you will just, it is just this kind of um, thing, a fever that takes over where you think, no, I need to have this. You Like you said, you know, you see somebody buying bread and you think, I need bread, although you generally don't like bread and you don't have it very often. Like, you know. You've got gluten intolerance or something, exactly. but still, exactly. I'm getting the bread. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's like people need to just hold back for, for a few moments and just think. And also, I think also the supermarkets need to restock pretty rapidly because if they say that they've got everything, then those, those baskets for the broccoli and other things should be replaced as soon as possible, but if they do have all the stock, you know, so they shouldn't wait till the end of the night to restock them. Exactly. And people need to take note of the kinds of items they have at home and not mm. double buy. So I did some shopping online. I think I got some frozen peas online that I'd completely forgotten about. And then we went to the supermarket and bought another packet of frozen peas. <laughs> and then the delivery came and now I've got two bags sitting in the freezer. And mm. I'm thinking, you know, it, 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 that that's hoarding, and yeah. I know that's only just two bags, but it's one bag I don't really need at the moment. I feel bad, so I'm going to give it to my mum. So we each have a bag now. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, um, you know, it is it is confusing, and but I think it's just it's a mixture of things, as you said. You know, it's a matter of like, you know, what you hear, what you see, um, and and that's how you make your decisions. But it's this kind of panic that I think there's this overall kind of fear in everyone about going hungry. 
<laughs> do you think? Mm. I mean, you know, I look back at like Gone with the Wind right? and, and that famous scene in Gone with the Wind where she, she kind of holds up this soil and she says, I will never go hungry again. And you just think, well, you know, is that is That's that a, a great, right there? Is that a fear that we have that there won't be enough food? I'm going to go hungry. Although, you know, people will be allowed, even if we do have a lockdown, there will be one person in each household who it will be able to go out to get food and and supermarkets and grocery essential places will be open. That is the general norm during those conditions, isn't it? Exactly. You know? Going back to sort of simple economics, you know, supply and demand, when everybody rushes out to buy food, it just creates that false sense of um, strange economy. Things shouldn't be as expensive. Sure, mm, yeah. Mm. I understand that um, initially there was a slight shortage of veggies because some of the drivers tested positive at the borders. But now, you know, we've been reassured um, by the government that supply is returning back to normal. Yet prices, we're not seeing prices coming down. Oh, prices suddenly go up, don't they? Exactly, because everybody's buying it. So I see we've got just a little bit of time left. Maybe I'll just quickly go through a few ways mm -hmm. that we can sure. um, avoid panic buying. First of all, um, just fight it. Fight FOMO. Fight that fear of missing out. Going back to the example of of some, don't buy something you don't need. When you see somebody else getting it, don't think, oh, <laughs> I'm just going to get it too. If somebody's got toilet roll, toilet rolls and you've got it at home, there's no need to buy it. You don't need more toilet <laughs> rolls or bread or, or rice. So really try and fight that FOMO. Um, the second thing is avoid social media to an extent. You know, these images of empty shelves mm, yeah. um, really perpetuate that cycle. It creates more panic. Um, avoid sharing those pictures. Avoid posting them if you see them um, because it can really affect, it, I mean, affect certain people more than other people. But when you see those pictures, you think, gosh, I've got to rush out and quickly buy it before, uh, before I miss out. So it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle. And I think the last one is really important. Just having that empathy, get what you need only. Um, in getting 15, 20 cans of, of tin food, some family will be without it. They'll be hungry. You know, you don't need so many cans of food in your house. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, oh. there's, lots, there's lots there. I think, you know, it is a, just a human reaction to it. And I think people are just... It, there's a bit of fatigue coming in now. People are tired, people are fed up, and people are scared as well because, you know, it's unpredictable, isn't it? And, and you know, you're living in families where you want to make sure you look after them and, and things like that. So I suppose, you know, it's the best that they have in mind. But I think we all need to just be a little bit more careful, that's all, and think about others and think about that, you know, this food is going to be for everybody and there shouldn't be a shortage. You know, we've been reassured. Let's just accept that. So let's hope and so anyway. people hiding all these food? Yeah, I mean, where is it being stored? So exactly. <laughs> I was just thinking that my fridge is just packed just with normal things, like, you know, with jars and this and that. So the I don't know. Exactly. I, I think know. I've got more ketchup than food. Yeah. I don't know what's <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Noreen, let's just hope that things get better. And I hope that things are great for you. I hope it all works out smoothly. And if you're still well next week and you're still around, then I hope that I can get you back on Chinwag. Definitely. Thank you, Sadia. Stay Thank you. safe. Thank all right. You. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.